it will be getting more and more problematic, I think, to use somebody's picture it, it, without permission, right? If you will hold this print of your own photograph, there's some, there's some kind of magic happening then. Believe it, try it once, you will, you will know what I'm talking about. You you enter a different next level of, of your photographic journey. Hello, fellow photographers. In this episode, I'm talking with Tomasz Trebiakowski and we are talking about what it takes to start a photography magazine, what are the steps to do it, what is the hardest part and much more. My name is Martin and this is podcast about photography. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. Make sure you're subscribed if you want to be notified when I post a new episode. And also there is one thing I would love you to do. I would be very thankful if you could go and give this podcast five star rating and a review. If you like this content and you think other people might like it as well, feel free to take a screenshot and throw it out on your Instagram story or share it with your friends. All the information can be also found in the description. Now, without any further ado, let's talk about photography. My guest today is a photographer, independent publisher and editor-in-chief of Frames magazine, Tomasz Trebiakowski. Hello Tomasz, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining me. Yeah, yeah. hello Martin, hello everyone who's watching now live or maybe at some point later after we have recorded it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is, you know, um, this is exciting. This is um, YouTube Live. I have, I think I've done it once till until now, you know. And uh, technology seems to be working, and I, I'm very happy to be here. Talk talk to to you about photography, you know. And uh, I think, I guess, mine and yours passion, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's this is something we share, I guess. So yeah, thanks once more for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, before we talk about the main topic, which is the magazine itself, let me ask you, how did you start with photography? Famous question, right? Big question. Uh, everybody has to answer. <laughs> let me try. Yeah. So, well, um, how did I start? How did I start? You know, um, let's really rewind, you know, back to when I was a little boy. I think it was the first moments when I, when I, you know, learned and realized that there is something called photography. It was my father, you know, who was a little bit into it. So he was, you know, an amateur photographer, but he, he till today actually is really into it, really enjoying exploring different, you know, photographic subjects. Uh, uh, he loves books. So, you know, I, I would say 10% of his, you know, bookshelves is photography books. So there was this, there was those initial, initial um, impulses, you know, coming mainly from my, my father. My mother was also a little bit, but mainly him. Um, you know, uh, I was born in 75, so you can do your math, you know, calculate <laughs> everything. Uh, by the time I was 10, it was, you know, 1985. So needless to say, analog cameras, you know, films. Um, I was born and grown up and uh, grew up in Poland. Uh, many Russian cameras, you know, coming, coming from Russia. Um, yeah, but, you know, some of them really great devices. And um, I think it was those 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 first moments when I kind of uh, probably something was planted, you know, somewhere in me, because then for many years, for I would say another at least 10 or 12 years, I I, I didn't practice it myself, you know, so I, I knew it was there, but it was then until until I was, I would say, 25 or maybe even even 28 when when this fascination came back. But then when it came back, it, it it really hit me hard, you know, and, and it doesn't let go until today. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, uh, I don't know if I can go forever. Uh, you were, you were probably asking about the very <laughs> beginnings, right? So uh, yeah, from so uh, you said at the beginning um, you got it from your from your parents, right? And uh, being a parent myself, uh, and I know you are Same also here, you yeah. have you know children. I was wondering how do you approach because I guess you also take a lot of photographs of your family. Um, do you have any like tips you would like to share with? With us, how you approach your photography, like for example, with your children. So you're asking about educating them or making them interested, uh, or my e- my photography e- of, of them. Like if you if you plan to do something like uh, your parents did, you know, uh, bringing you to photography, but also uh, if someone might be interested in you know capturing the, the special moments of. Uh, okay. their families uh, how do you approach that if you do like uh, a lot of photographs like you know people nowadays with phones you have thousands and thousands of pictures you know from different angles or if you if you try to approach it maybe more artfully okay so so basically you asked the two questions right in one kind of so let's let's take I will take care of the try to take care yeah. of the first part first Um you know, getting my own children interested in, in photography. I think, I, I think I don't have any particular plan, you know, I don't have any kind of, you know, um, agenda. I will do this, 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 send them to the, to the photography course, then do this and, this, you know, do with them this and that. I think I am basically doing what, what my parents did with me. So they already see, and you know, my daughter, the, the, Elder one is six. The small one is too small to realize yet. But she's two, two and a half. But she's already, she's already, you know, uh, in 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 Polish it's it's called apparat, the camera. So she's already recognizing these devices, you know, even <laughs> the small it's the small one. But you know, I think, I believe in something like a like a genuine, um, uh, instinctive, almost kind of contagious, you know, way of of spreading and and sharing this passion. I think they see already. Uh, I mean, they see the photographs, you know, they see me running around with a camera, you yeah, know, it's not looking like something at... new when, uh, it's not e- like even something when new? I was young, the, the cameras wasn't, uh, the cameras were not that accessible. Exactly. And as you mentioned, right, the phones anyway, I mean, I use for my personal photography at the moment, I am, I'm using a lot of, uh, you know, um, a lot of time, the Fujifilm cameras, right. But of course I also have the phone with me, you know, at at all times and sometimes i also grab a picture with this so i think like today the children they they see it Mm. they then see the results you know i sometimes show show them the the photos the prints you know i show them some books you know needless to say i'm looking a lot of photos uh, photographs when when working on the editorial you know part of the of the magazine so my my, it's funny and uh, but but my um, older daughter she is already quote unquote, helping me with the selections, you know, (laughs) oh, I like this picture is good, you know. (laughs) So, you know, if if they will, if they will um, inherit this passion, it's great. I would be happy if if they don't. It's also fine. You know, I am also a musician. I'm actually educated musician. I'm educated classical pianist. Oh, really? Still still working at the College of Music also, like, you know, we call it here 40 percent or 30 percent job. Oh, that's awesome. And. Yeah, but you know, the, the same happened uh, with me with the piano. My mother used to play the piano. Uh, I am happy today, you know, to know that my parents didn't force it on me. Yeah. They showed me. They showed me what it is. They enjoyed it, and I happened to, you know, 
to 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 catch it up, you know, and 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 uh, and do it myself. So I think that's the way, you know. Show your show your kids you are enjoying it, you know. Give them the camera sometimes in in their hands if they. If they take it, if they like it, it's great. If they don't, I would say don't don't push it. You know, it will anyway not 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 um, not work <laughs> yeah. in the long run. So show, yeah. show so them that's the way. what you are passionate um, about and leave it up to them if they want to pick it up or not. Exactly. And now the other part of this, you know, equation for photo- photographing children. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I do it a lot. Uh, you know, sometimes I have faces I don't do it enough, and then I regret. Then I come back to it because you know, like you know, job life gets into yeah. place, and uh, and uh, you know, day by day passing, and oh, I didn't capture this moment. Ah, I should have taken the camera to this <laughs> event. And so sometimes it of course happens. Sometimes it's longer phases when I regret, and then I, you know, wanna wanna catch up. But of course I can't catch up with the events that already passed. But you know. Uh, and like you mentioned, I think in my case, it's there is something about the artsy approach. You know, of course, I am snapping the the, the images, the photographs of my kids, but uh, yeah, I definitely I apply many of my artistic, you know, um, mm. ideas. I mean, I I love black and white. I love, let's say, blurry pictures. I love it. Doesn't it doesn't have to be stuck sharp, you know, and so on and so forth. I'm experimenting with angles, you know, breaking the rules. And definitely you can see it in the pictures of, of my own kids, uh, which are not simply, you know, straight on snapshots. Uh-huh. But I am definitely putting some more effort, some some more thought, even in a, in a I, I think I can't just snap. I, I, there is always some ongoing background thought that, you know, even, even uh, subconsciously telling me, Try something else. Try something. Try to make a special, special image. You know. Yeah. So that's me. That's me. But I know. You know. Everybody has different approach, and and that's the beauty, right, about photography. That everyone does it in a different way. I was just thinking about it because I have recently reviewed a book from Christopher Anderson. Not sure if you know about it. It's called uh, Pia, and he also did uh, other one about his son Atlas. And basically, it's book about uh, his children. Uh, captured very like artfully, not like a book for children, but rather like a artful approach of of that. And mm-hmm. I it actually never occurred to me to think about like personal family photographs uh, that they could become like a photography book that you could actually sell to to public. Something that uh, I would think might be a little too personal. But then I saw it, and then when we see what people are actually, you know, able to share on the Instagram every day, maybe this, uh, you know, can be in the future. It can be done in the future. Also, with the kids, I wanted to ask you: uh, Do you have any special trick to find a time to do like your own photography? Because I know, you know, from my own experience that. Uh, it's not just as easy as it used to be to just take a camera and go out for five hours uh, shooting. And so if you have maybe something, I can learn something from. I mean, when it comes to, you know, uh, when it comes to photographing children and we know it today, it's a, it is a certain issue, certain topic, you know, everybody approaches their, their privacy issues and so on. I think 
everybody, everyone has to, who's interested, you know, or, or, or feels this urge to photograph his, you know, or her own children. Also, of course, like you say, but this is something, of course, um, mm, very, um, what's the word? Very, in, again, intuitive or very, very personal. You just feel it. Do I feel fine with, you know, showing pictures of my children on social media? This is one thing. Mm. Would I feel fine? Would I feel fine about producing a book and selling it to mm. the public or not? This is, of course, um, extremely personal, you know, for, for somebody, no problem. For somebody, no go. Intimate. If you. Yeah. Intimate. If you are, if you are in a, in in a, you know, in a in a relationship, I mean, a marriage or whatever it might be, uh, with with your own children, this is also a very important important aspect. I think, of course, your partner or your wife or your husband, I think, should be in line. So it has oh, yeah. to be discussed with your partner, right? And uh, uh, you know, so very individual decision, and uh, you know. Uh, when I look at and see pictures and I see even, you know, in the frame, in frames community, you know, some people share, you know, pictures of the, of their, of their kids, beautiful shots. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, if this person decided to, 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 to present, to show this picture, I mean, I assume, of course, there are some worst possible scenarios, but I exclude them from my head, but I assume everything is fine. Uh, nobody has anything against it. There is one, of course, issue if a child is under, you know, I don't know, 15, 16. Okay. The question, the question is, if the child is fine with it, if the child even knows about it, right? But this is really for a separate discussion. What happens later in life when my child, my daughter will, will discover or know, oh, you published <laughs> this photo when I was two without me. No, maybe she will jump on me, you know, and, 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 have, and maybe I will have some hard discussions, but maybe not. So this is a very extremely yeah personal decision i would say i think also because of the internet because when we look at uh let's say the old masters like anne katia bresson or someone like that they have a lot of famous pictures of children on the street which uh today might be considered you know a lot of people have like different opinions um of course, people from street photography community see it like, uh, you know, it's it's fine, don't be angry about it. But I personally don't know if when, uh, when I'm outside with my daughter and someone comes, you know, a stranger, and out of nowhere uh, he takes uh, a picture of her. So I don't know what he's doing, what's, what's he going to do with uh, what's the photographer going to do with the photograph if it is going to be uh, if it is going to be posted somewhere or uh, what might happen and I kind of feel on on one side it limits it's it's like this privacy issue and on the other side it also limits uh, the art itself because it's something uh, it was possible before and now it's you know being looked up you know like badly or yeah, we, that's the, you know, that's the curse of our, of the times of the society. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are living in our own vicious circle. Yeah. And like you say, I think it's also when I gave it a thought right now, I think it's mainly because of how the media changed. Right. So, mm. and mainly because of the internet. So there are, there are so many things and ways, right. We know it in which this photo could be possibly used, misused, you know, and so on. Henri Cartier-Bresson, you know, First of all, 
he came up with a camera somewhere on the street. Uh, maybe 70% of people back then didn't know what he was doing at all. Maybe, you know, <laughs> in, uh, look at the popularity yeah, of photography. Then people weren't used to and, cameras back then. Right, right. They didn't even maybe notice what he did. This is the first thing. Second thing, okay, you, he published a book. Okay, back then, I don't know how many copies he, he, you know, today, of course, his photos are reproduced, but today, those children, yeah, some of them actually st- still uh, alive, right? Those people who were b- children back then. Mm. So I don't know how it were, but probably in terms of law, this is not, not a problem. Otherwise, they would not be able to, to, to pub- republish those photos, right? But, you know, back then, he published a book, you know, maybe 2,000, maybe 10,000 people back then had this book in, in, in their on their bookshelves and that's it you know internet internet yeah. internet mu- multiplying everything you know one photo can be seen by millions tomorrow right if if it lands in a bad place and is it even possible from from your experience from publisher standpoint to actually publish a street photography book nowadays because you know it's impossible to get uh, signed uh, permission from uh you know you have a lot of street photographs maybe i would like to publish something in the future and it's impossible to even uh, find the people to ask for consent or it's is it is it more like to let's say ask rather for forgiveness than for permission to publish it and then try to solve if there is a problem you know coming yeah from you publish uh, someone Yeah, so the thing is, of course, here we are applying, you know, um, I mean, there are different laws, slightly different laws, depending on on, on the country. I think what counts is, uh, so the law which gets applied to what you do with your book and what is presented in this book, it's the law which, uh, which is the law of the country where the book is actually published. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on those things. You know, okay. I, I, here I'm not an expert. As a publisher, what I know of the magazine, for example, when uh, when when a photographer, you know, submits a port- portfolio of photographs with recognizable people, clear clear portraits, especially children, and so on, the first thing I, I, I do is a, have a phone call with him or with her. You know, discusses straight up: is everything okay and fine here? I need a I need his or her statement confirming that everything about the rights uh, to those published photographs is, is, you know, is settled. There is no problem in case of any problem. Okay. It's, the, it's the photographer who is responsible for any, any you know, um, any uh, discussion solving, you know, any, any, you know, possible legal, legal licensing, legal problems. Uh, what, what's interesting about street photography is, and it also varies slightly depending on the country, but more or less, Uh, today's stand, you know, May 22nd, 2021, is that uh, street photography is also considered art. And if it's an artsy book, if it's an art photography book, you are actually, you, you should not have any problems with publishing such book. Let's say with photographs of, of Prague in Czech Republic, you know, there are recognizable people, yeah. some of them children, but they are in public. They are on public mm. ground. Once you enter somebody's home, obviously you would also <laughs> ask for this permission. Is it okay we share those photos in the book, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's not so bad or not so you know limiting and scary as we think. But of course, talking about it all the time on the internet makes us very much aware and very much you know afraid sometimes. Do you think? But like, 
Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, do you think street photography is in danger because of the new laws like GDPR here in the EU, or is it is it going to be more like tighten up? Uh, you know, to to get like uh, into the space where it's not like legally possible to take pictures of strangers on the street, or do you think it will stay like like this uh, for uh, you know? My my, my feeling is it. My feeling is it will, it will naturally, or maybe it is already happening. It will naturally split into, really into art publications, frames magazine, whatever, whatever you know, photography, coffee table book, or what you know. So it's kind of intuitively we know this is an art publication and uh-huh. news pub, news publication. If it's a news publication, you know, journalistic you know, based on, you know, discussing issues, uh, political issues, you know, social issues, it will be getting more and more problematic, I think, to use somebody's picture it, it, without permission, right? But I, I, I have the feeling in, uh, when it comes to, to art, photography, art publications, it will be actually, I, I, I think in, we are in kind of like a bubble right now and yeah. it will kind of actually get get easier, I have the feeling. Okay. Who, who doesn't enjoy? Who doesn't enjoy beautiful street photos? Come on. <laughs> N- nothing nasty, nothing mean. Just yeah, beautiful yeah. street photograph. Who doesn't enjoy it? If I would see my daughter in, uh, uh, you know, on on Michael Kenna's photograph from from <laughs> Paris, I wouldn't have a problem with this. I would I would have a zero problem with this. I think really. Yeah, I mean, But different people, I, different opinions, right? Exactly. Again, very personal, and but I think in, in in general we will be fine, and street photographers will be just fine. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, talking about uh, publications, when does a photographer realize uh, he or she wants to produce his own photography magazine? How did you come up to the conclusion you are going to start your own? photography magazine it's a great question a really good question um, because it's about the you know long process of of, of growth of, of development changes as a photographer and then yeah still as a photographer i'm a publisher today but you know yeah deep down in my heart in my soul i'm a photographer and this is my passion <laughs> and a very good question really this is really interesting and i uh, as usual intuitively what comes up to my mind and when i think about myself, of course, is we go through those phases, you know, learning phase, We dis- like we talked before, we discover photography, there is something sparks our interest, it's really get starts getting fascinated. So we start start photographing, right? Then comes the phase of looking for your own style and language, right? Yeah, you know, ah, look at his photos, amazing, he has been doing for 20 years, what is mine? What do I want to do? Do you actually uh, prefer a specific genre? No, no, I think not, not, I think not. I, this is for almost another yeah. podcast, of yeah. course, <laughs> <laughs> but, but sure. I was going through, through many phases like this. I've been photographing now for, uh, 20 years for sure. Right. Okay. So I have been, I've been going through all those phases of doubt, of searching, of, of giving up, of, you know, of taking it again, of forcing myself to 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 do another genre from tomorrow you know all of those stuff in the end today i know i don't i have certain preferences maybe you know i'm okay. also a musician so so i love photographing music you know catching 
uh, catching music on pictures is very interesting, of course, musicians, but also like abstract photographs. I love black and white. This is clearly some kind of preference in general. But, you know, whatever visual is tra- catches my attention, I, I, I react. And then I okay. ask myself one day, if it catches my attention, it's me. It is me. If it's catching, if it caught my at- attention, why should I deny it? If it makes me take the camera and go after it and try to photograph it in the best way, it's me. Yeah. It would, it would not catch you. you. Something else would catch your eye. It's you. So why limit yourself? And I think uh, our eye, our, our you know, uh, structure, emotional structure, in the end, your style, how, how people like to describe it, will be will be there anyway it will be visible anyway because it's a certain set or subset of of visual triggers that you react to yeah so if you photograph your children or if you photograph a landscape or an abstract if you keep doing it i think and you show to someone your portfolio of 20 years of work it will be recognizable that it's you know martin's work i think this is my my be- this is my belief this is my belief so so you were uh, like during this uh, kind of evolution you realized that the photography magazine might be something you might be interested in creating producing curating you know because you are the yeah. editor of uh, in chief so exactly so then i reached this I don't know if it's a final phase. I hope not, but <laughs> but the car- current phase, where I always loved looking at other people people's work, you know, um, for inspiration, you know, for inspirational reasons. But simply, just I really enjoy it, right? So I simply really enjoy it, you know, and I enjoy looking at different. I always enjoyed looking at different kinds of work, and. Um, I had this part, I, I have this part, you know, in me, which is, a, I'm rather, a, rather a reserved person. I, I used to be extremely shy, you know, when I was a small boy, like very reserved. Okay. But then, but then in this regard, actually internet kind of opened me up, right? Because it helped first, you know, getting in touch and talking to people, uh, getting to know new people through, through the internet, whereas where there is this certain distance first where you don't have to you know, you know look somebody in the eyes yeah and uh, and what i rea- and i started making many 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 connections with other photographers and uh, looking at their work and sometimes being amazed by this work i just felt one day you know i would love to have a platform i i, I you know i i create photography but you also create great photography let's uh, oh, i would you. love to show i would love to show your work as well you know so uh, and so like uh, thinking about uh, in this way about many people, I, I just felt it's all about inspiring each other, supporting each other in this passion. And yeah, this I can't answer exactly. I have something in me that makes me then, okay, let's do it. Let's create the platform. Let's create the magazine, you know? Yeah, the truth and, is, uh, sorry about that. The truth is that, uh, the, the, this just came to my mind, that uh, nowadays it's much easier to do things like that than let's say i don't know 30 years ago because who would say that we too could be talking you know live and uh, you know recording this for i would say a budget for a you know small budget and uh, it wasn't possible you know back then you would have to be in a studio have a big expensive cameras and do something like that so uh i guess 
do you think it's also because the mm, situation is more, uh, let's say, easier for someone who... Uh, maybe you can explain it to me on the example when I would, for example, decide to create my 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 magazine, my photography magazine. What are the steps I would have to take uh, to, you know, think about uh, think about the content, think about the team, about uh, you know getting pictures, uh, getting you know writers, editors, publishers, printers, and so on. You just listed all the steps, but <laughs> <laughs> I no, but I know what I know. I understand what you're asking. So I think. Looking back, uh, uh, you know, um, at the at the beginnings when the idea of of the Frames magazine, you know, appeared in my head, it was not even called Frames yet. Yeah. So first, I had the idea okay. of the magazine. I would say today, absolutely crucial is this first phase where you give it a lot of time, long, really long, and that's what I did. Really a long you know, period of time when you um, specify and define the concept of the publication. Because the publication can have really completely, you know, different formats, different ideas, you know, it can be focusing on on, on, a, on a certain kind of photography or maybe not, it, you know, layout. And so I would say the, the, the first step is you have to absolutely nail your concept of okay. your publication and you have to really you have to as a as an editor as a publisher you have to really feel good with it otherwise it doesn't make sense right otherwise you would with every next edition you would feel ah this is not really what i want this is really bad and then how do you you have to start making changes you know and then it would stop working because it's not consistent from number one so for example before frame because we before i you know went to 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 even look for printers editors writers I think I spent like for sure two years. It was just the wheels, you know, spinning in my head okay. and writing, writing things down and, you know, defining the concept, the layout, everything possible, pre-visualizing this thing. So this is the first step. Once you have this, the rest is, I don't say it's easy, <laughs> but, there are, but there are many steps. Like you mentioned, you have to look for the place. It, okay, let's. Maybe if it's okay, I, I you know just yeah. show it. It's a we are talking you about mean, frames. You mean, you mean a, this one? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Till today, we printed three editions, right, of frames. Okay. It's a printed magazine. I don't know if you even mentioned it until today. So it's a, it's for all of you watching. It's a magazine on paper. If you know what yeah. it means, if you know what it is. <laughs> because excellent so photography every, belongs on paper, right? That's your right, motto. That, that's that's the motto. No, yeah. you know we are in the digital age. Everything most of it is in a digital form which is great which is which helps us connect like you mentioned which help us look at wonderful work uh, you know connect with photographers connect with publishers with with gallery curators uh, it, it makes so many things easy to sh- it helps us with showing our own work right but somehow for some reason photography for for ages okay has some kind of connection with paper, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Which got a bit forgotten, maybe in the last decade or two, uh, especially young generations. I have many conversations with young people much younger than me. And, uh, you know, 
when I show them the magazine on paper, they're like, wow, <laughs> I would love to have my photos printed. They didn't even think about, I'm talking about people in their 20s. Yeah. You know, or teenagers, people in their 20s. They didn't, till the moment I talked to them, they didn't have a, and they are photographers. They didn't think about printing their one photo. Do you think and it's then, important uh, for photographers to get like physical prints? Uh, I mean, uh, not like shooting. I don't know. I would. I wouldn't go that far as to say that shooting film is essential. But do you think photographers should print their photos and uh, you know look at them? Is it something that can uh, help you in the process of becoming better photographer? Absolutely. I mean. You, I think you know the answer. Otherwise, I would not be yeah. <laughs> pro- producing this magazine. But let let me try to explain why, because it's a very good question, of course. Um, I would say today, today, very often we sh- we produce big numbers of images, right? Because it's digital, because it doesn't cost us anything anymore. After you get the camera, you can shoot forever, you know, and uh, we save them on our hard drives, on our iPhones, on our mobiles and everywhere. And this is such an amount of images that we kind of lose track of what we actually shot ourselves. Okay, with time, even if you stay with digital, maybe we, you reduce this amount of, of, you know, you learn, you you learn about selection process, you know, le- you learn about looking before shooting and so on. But still, digitally, we should match, you know, right, compared yeah. to, to what it was in the analog times. And and like you say, it's not about switching necessarily now to suddenly to you know to to an analog camera and film camera to to become a better photographer. It is not. But I think if you get your uh, photography seriously, if you if you feel this is becoming something important for you, and you haven't done it till today, I would absolutely encourage you to do the following. You know, let's say you're coming back from a, from a from your holidays from or from a project which you are working on. Okay. You have you know, let's say thousand images, right? Then you start your selection. You want 50 images. You you end up with those 50. And I know it's not like you can just make a book every every day just like <laughs> yeah. this. But what I would absolutely encourage you to do is, okay, keep going with this selection. End up with, with your own personal three favorite images and print them. Okay. And print, I don't mean now like, print, print, like go to first possible lab, you know, yeah, around yeah. the corner, because they will look completely different and sometimes very bad. But look for a professional, um, experienced photo printer in your country, in your area. Give them the files and tell them, I want the best possible archival prints of those two images. Okay. Or, or three images. You wait, you, you let him or her, you know, do the work. When you get those two images back, on paper, right? On a on a some kind of you know, they will know what they are doing. They okay. are still those people are still around, so it's good. <laughs> Just have to find the right person. Okay. If you will hold this print of your own photograph on this wonderful, you know, piece of paper, there's some, there's some kind of magic happening. Then you start looking for a longer time at this image than you would just on a monitor, you know, yeah. because. There is more to it than just digital pixels. There is structure of the paper. There is feeling of your fingers. There is different way the paper reacts with the ink colors, you know. 
So you take time. You take really more, more time. You, you cherish it, of course. You, you love it. You know, you, 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 are, you, you feel proud. You feel empowered. But also you learn. Because you learn even more about, you know, improving your own photography because you look at the picture longer. Would you frame it? Hang it on the wall? I would definitely frame it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is personal. Uh, yes, I, I mean, there is a limited space. I mean, I, oh, I, yeah. still have, I still have much space for You see, my photos are, by the way, in the other room. So we would <laughs> move the whole setup. Uh, I, I have, uh, not in this room, but I have, I would say five or six maybe photos framed. Framed or, you know, there are, there are so many different, this is also amazing about today's times. You can print photographs in so many different, very good ways. Mm -hmm. It can be on paper, of course, archival paper, you know, photographic paper, you know, um, uh, some kind of bamboo papers. Yeah. Uh, the amazing stuff. You can print it on aluminum. You can print it on some kind of acryglass. You know, there is so many different media you can use, which gives, of course, the image each time different character. But then by doing it, you find your, again, your personal favorite way of printing. Yeah. Long story short, we yeah. can talk forever. Long story short. <laughs> Print your photographs. I, yeah. But so by printing, you believe it, try it once, you will, you will know what I'm talking about. You, you enter a different next level of, of your photographic journey. Perfect. 100%. Thank you. Talking about the process of uh, making the magazine, was there something that actually uh, surprised you uh, that it was like more difficult than you thought it would be? Like uh, you said, oh my God, I, I didn't think like getting, uh, you know, uh, text or getting editors or getting, uh, you know, uh, the design would be so hard or print or shipping or something you you didn't think you would need to deal with, but then you were like uh, surprised it was uh, uh, you know, unpleasantly uh, mm -hmm. difficult. Not, not much, uh, but let me explain why. <laughs> Because like I mentioned before, I did an enormous amount of research up front. Okay. I talked to all possible, you know, to 10 different printers, 10 different other editors, you know, who already gave up on their magazines and, and, you know, to different people. And so I was, I was aware of everything what can be difficulty. And I, of course, did my best to, to, to approach it this way that it, that the problem or the, the, the difficulty will be solved. So, so I was not really surprised. Okay. But def but I can definitely, I mean, but I'm of course aware of, 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 of a few places along this whole process of producing even, even each, each particular issue, which are more difficult than the others. Uh, one interesting issue, I mean, I can mention just two things, uh, very tricky thing about printing, uh, um, photographs come, comes to life when it comes to black and white images. Okay. It can be a nightmare because you have, we are getting a bit into the tech stuff, right? So oh, yeah. you have, you have the, like we know it from the computer, from the, you know, from the digital files, we have the file profiles. Okay. CMYK, grayscale, you and know, they RGB. differently on different uh, screens. Yeah. Screens, uh, our computers today, even the, you know, the, the 
personal computers which we have at home, they are very clever, extremely clever. So they very often adjust everything on the flow that the image looks good. <laughs> Just a little note, I was editing my uh, archive and I did like 200 uh, or maybe maybe more images. And then I realized I have uh, on my Mac turned off the true tone. And uh, when when I turn it off, all the images were called because my true tone balanced the color example, to the yeah. to the warm color. Yeah. So th- then I created a note that every time I turn on the Lightroom, it makes a pop-up image that says, "Make sure you turn off the true tone and night shift or whatever you have on the screen because yeah. it was a nightmare to edit everything." Exactly. So you see, like already on this scale at home, yeah, some something can change. So I can tell you just a quick story. In the first edition, uh, extremely happy we we have we had we have. I mean, the edition is here. Uh, no, the Michael work of Ma- Michael Kenna. Yeah. This is when I learned the big time. What does it mean, or how tricky it can be to print uh, black and white imagery? And you know, Michael knows what he is doing, right? Yeah. Or what he <laughs> wants the, his images to look like. So. Trial and error, you know, several times. And were you sending... in touch with him to yes, show uh, him, okay, this is how it looks like? And he had, like, did he have a condition that he wants to see it before it's printed? Like, uh, he doesn't want his work to be interpreted in uh, other way than uh, what, what he thought? Yes, definitely. So so he has a very, and, and most of, you know, serious, uh, or all of the serious, you know, Photographers, not only black and white photographers, they have very, they are very aware and very careful about how the, the photographs will look in the publication. Now it's a very tricky thing because this is on paper, right? Yeah. We can't print, you know, entire magazine or even his feature, you know, hundred times before we actually print the magazine. But fortunately, there's a technology which is called, I think, it's a high-res PDF proofing, which is uh, the final high-res high-resolution PDF file, very specific format uh, of the final pages of the magazine, which you can send to the photographer. But of course, again, his monitor when he has has to be calibrated, has to be perfect. But usually professionals like Michael Kenna know know what they are doing. But still, we had to have, I think, three three attempts to, to get the tones right. So I would say... I know today when we are working just now for, for on, on the fourth edition and there's again a very serious black and white shooter, which we will be, you know, printing. I am being very careful. I know this is the most tricky part, right? So this is on the publishing, on the printing side. It's and, not uh, only on the, on the display, right? It's uh, also the printer has to be calibrated. Of course, of course. And there are different printing processes, you know. Uh, you have to know which, what kind of, uh, printing machines, printing, you know, we, we are printing it. This is in a, we print frames on a, this is Lito, Lito printing. Okay. This is a, it's not a digital print. It's a real machine with real ink, with real rollers, with, it's a beautiful print. And of course you can, you can see it on a, here on the, on the digital broadcast. So everything has to be compatible. And everybody has to know in the you know, publisher, printer, uh, layout designer. Uh, and how does it work? Do you actually get like samples? Because I can imagine those machines, uh, they have to be set to print a set amount, but it might be you know troublesome to come 
uh, and get like thousand of copies with uh, wrong color, right? So can you actually get like a sample before it gets into print of thousands and thousands of copies? You could, I I could, but it would cost me, I mean, one if they would produce one sample. Oh, yeah. It would cost me more than I think printing thousand copies of the magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's it's great. So you can't actually you can't, but exactly like I mentioned, there is this um, final high-res PDF proof technology, which you, what you see on a calibrated you know it's perfect you set, it's ninety-nine percent what of what you will see on the paper, still paper being, and we, we use a beautiful matte paper monitor. Computer screen is reflective, right? Uh, I mean, this is a completely, diff completely different medium, but you can get really close, yeah. So, and I, we are happy, we're lucky enough. I also looked a lot, you know, for for really experienced printers. We are working with Taylor Brothers, Taylor Brothers in Bristol, UK. So I I knew already I am I am getting at the address where people know what they are doing. They have been doing for I think 120 years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a certain level of trust, you know, in in what they will tell me. Talking about talking about money, can you tell me like a rough estimate how much uh, should I save to start my photography magazine? Uh, I just like because it it can probably worry from you know if you there are services that let you uh, publish your magazines like uh, the uh, Mac magazine or, or some some other some other uh, you know like photography websites then that they then distribute the magazine for you but to be able to do everything from scratch uh, from printing to shipping to the door of your final customer is it I would just need like a range if it's like a thousand dollar or ten thousand or hundred thousand. This is you know we, we would have some to have some at least again roughly specific numbers. Uh, I think it's my daughter trying to get in, so <laughs> you know that's life of the publisher at oh, home, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, very difficult question to answer. And not it's not that I want, don't want to reveal any any numbers because you can you can depends on how many copies are would you be planning to print okay the the cost of one printed copy of a, any book or okay. any magazine changes significantly if you if i would print 100 of those or 5000 okay. it's a huge difference in price but then of course if you print 5000 it's 5000 copies of a cheaper copy oh yeah but there is 5000 of them yeah yeah so you you have to start somewhere. You would have to you know know how many how many magazines, how many books or whatever it might be. You know amount of pages. So do you quality. think it might be a good idea? I don't know if you took that road to maybe do a crowdfunding to first realize how many potential customers you have, and then you actually print that uh, that amount of uh, you know magazine or publications or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I did with frames was not per se crowdfunding, but something very close to mm -hmm. this, because what I did, I was, um, you know, I have been into this publishing space, also digital publishing space already for a while. I was running another or still still actually running another magazine, which is Fujilife magazine, Fuji Fuji magazine, Fuji film users. So I had some experience with, you know, running communities, you know, um, connecting with people online. 
uh, if you are thinking, I don't know, I have the feeling you are thinking about a magazine, Martin. We have to talk. <laughs> uh, no, I was just trying to get into the shoes of someone who is maybe in this uh, in this space, and then they think, okay, so I am thinking about it. I'm thinking about oh. self-publishing it because approaching, uh, you know, like uh, not famous publishers, but approaching any publishers uh, might be if you are not a big name in the industry, it might be difficult to say, hey, I have an idea, do you want to publish me? So a lot of people, not only magazines, but also the zines, um, the monographs and uh, such, they do uh, self-publishing. Absolutely. Self-publishing combined with crowdfunding, it's a very exciting process. It's not easy. It requires a lot of uh, okay. perseverance. I mean, you have to really believe in a project. It's not easy. I would suggest working on a, building a community first ar- around your project. Maybe it's a community on a crowdfunding platform, maybe, you okay. know, maybe on social media. But it's definitely a, a way. I mean, this is the way I did it with Frames in a way. I, I For one and a half year, I was... Um, publishing the you know weekly photography newsletter, okay. which is still running. It's called Frames Letter. It started all with the Frames Letter, which is a newsletter, and uh, um, you know sharing um, interesting photography content, you know inspiring people and making connections, making friends. And after one and a half year, I had a community around this newsletter, which allowed me to ask those people, "Hey Join guys, you. I would love to create a really beautiful." You know, nicest photographer magazine. And you yeah. actually, you actually run a podcast, Frames Photography Podcast, and I believe you started in March. But the first issue of uh, the magazine was published in November, right? So was it something, uh, the podcast? I mean, that uh, pushed you to start the magazine, or was it the other way around? Uh, what you said uh, a, wh- uh, a moment ago that you use this to build uh, the community to to get people in uh, your project. The, this was all kind of interconnected. I mean, the podcast existed even earlier under a different name. It was called Photography Radio initially, you know, and then it kind of evolved, changed a bit the format, and my idea of frames of the magazine started to crystallize. And then I really pre-visualized this entire frames ecos- photographic ecosystem, which is which it, it is becoming today very nicely, you know, and we're really happy about it. So I can't say what was first. Okay. It was the you know I was what's the what's the saying the egg of or the chicken or, or what's <laughs> it, right? So, but I felt more and more consciously that it's all becoming one thing. Today frames is a quarterly printed magazine, okay. monthly monthly digital companions. We are almost next week, we are releasing the Frames Photography app for, mo- for mobile phones and, and tablets, which will be completely free. And we have also the, you know, the, the social media part. So it became like a one thing, yeah, yeah. which is now, you know, complementing each other, you know, content is being supported by audio here, by video here, by printed matter here. Um, yeah. Also, also, it has, uh, it has been much work, much work, <laughs> <laughs> and also by our team, I guess. How how difficult is to put together a team uh, when you when you come up with this idea? Uh, were those people all the people you knew, or was it like 
you started to, I don't want to say, putting things online. We are looking for someone. Uh, what was it like to get the team together? I never put a single, you know, call on we are looking for someone in my life. I believe when, and this is a very special road, of course, if you as an individual have a project, idea, passion, and you manifest it, you show it, you, you know, share it, talk about it. And you, like I said, I mean, you, you undertake certain steps, you create things, podcast, newsletter, whatever it might be. Your, your, your YouTube channel is the best example. Ah, thank you. you you, I can imagine you started from from zero subscribers in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and, and my team consists of uh, of me and my turtle. <laughs> That's how it starts. That's what was frames for one half year. But what I really believe in, and this is exactly how frames um, uh, became a, a, a little team. You know, now there is five or six people already working around the magazine, you know, on different parts of this whole thing. Uh, if you have this passion and you show this passion and share it, people will also come to you. People will want to do something with you. People will offer their help. You know, most of the people, 90% of the people I, who are writing today for frames or working on the layout or working on the podcast, I didn't know them two years ago. Okay. I created I created a Facebook group, you know, where again I was sharing some ideas, and you know, you start talking like we now start talking. Who knows, Martina, what <laughs> we are doing to, to, together in twenty years, right? <laughs> who knows? And, and whose that, idea was is, whose idea was the the motto? The excellent photography belongs on paper. Was it was it yours? Yeah, this was this was yeah, this was my my motto, which you know, one Ma of the sleepless nights. <laughs> I am this kind of person. I, I just spontaneous. I just believe what, in, in what I'm doing. You know, I, I show this passion and my wife would be, you know, the first one to confirm it that <laughs> there were certain sleepless nights or, you know, I was gone for a week because I was, you know, preparing the graphics for the for the frames podcast or whatever it might be, you know, and then comes the other. And you also have family. So, you know what it means. Uh, you learn also along the way to to keep balance. Right. Yeah. Private life, private life, work, passion. Difficult to put everything under one roof. You have to do but it for many years, so there is no reason to, you know, burn out in six months, right? Yeah, it's uh, you learn along the way, uh, uh, you know, ma many things. Talking about people who might, you know, start from the, um, like, similar position to, to yours, being, uh, you know, fans of photography is, like, one thing, but... Uh, how do you actually get uh, such names as Steve McCurry or Michael Kenna to actually, you know, be published in in your magazine? How do you approach them? Is it uh, actually like not that hard, or is it, you know, difficult? You know, this is, people ask me quite often, like you know, on different broadcasts or podcasts. Okay. Is that hard? This question comes up a lot. Like, was it hard? <laughs> was it difficult? Uh, to be completely honest, my answer would be no. Because, of course, I had to write Michael Kenna. I, you know, of course, I had to write an email to maybe Steve McCarry's assistant, which, you know, I had to fi find somewhere first, write this email, explain what I am doing, 
explain what I would love to do, that I would love to publish his work. Is it difficult or is it not difficult? I don't know. <laughs> you know you, you know what I mean? You, you don't know you would, until you try. You do, Exactly. So many people have brilliant ideas, brilliant in their heads. I'm convinced because I know it on a, on a personal level, brilliant ideas. Mm-hmm. You know what people are afraid of? People are afraid of sending this email. Oh, yeah. Because they already think that, that Steve McCarr will not respond. But why? Maybe he will. And he did. Okay. And, and, he, and he never heard about me in his life before. <laughs> yeah. That's Is true. it difficult? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right. Um, no, I, I have to say photographic community in general, and we know it. It's, yeah. it's this, you know, mostly amazing people. Mm-hmm. And this is people with passion. So like us now, <laughs> if we talk about it, if we exchange ideas, if we show the photos, we want to do things together also. It's, you know, there is no place for this, you know, jealousy and competition anymore, I think. You know, if you start the magazine tomorrow, I'm the most happy for you. You know what I mean? Well, especially on the internet when uh, so many things like, uh, you know, views and uh, subscription doesn't doesn't cost anything. So people can, you know, subscribe to multiple uh, YouTubers. Uh, one thing I was thinking about uh, when someone might to do a magazine about photography, uh, we can't uh, lie to ourselves when talking about the most popular topic in photography community, which is gear. How did you how did you avoid, uh, you know, this, I wouldn't say like uh, temptation, but, uh, you know, the gear is, uh, when I look at uh, multiple platforms like YouTube or different websites or Instagram, the gear is something that actually people click and, you know, that has traction and is trending and something like that. And I understand that your approach is different, that you wanted to focus more uh, on art. But uh, did you have like uh, side thoughts about, okay, maybe when we write about uh, about this, uh, maybe we might get, uh, you know, more views or something? Of course, I had those thoughts and I, and I know it as a fact. I mean, if I... How, how should I put it? If I would have created this quality magazine with great photography inside, uh, but position it also as a as a publication which which you know presents these images, presents this art, but also lets you uh, explore exact insight and tips and you know. Ha- technical, like you mentioned, gear, you know, cameras, yeah. lenses, how to create this work. In And if I would really market this publication as such, you know, great images plus information on gear, which supports those, th- this work, if I would really position and market this, this magazine as such, I think we would have uh, 10 times more subscribers. Oh, really? I think so. I'm pretty convinced but I'm not interested in this. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm interested in people joining and subscribing to frames, which, you know, it's not like that gear is not important. Without gear, I can't make the photo, right? So 
you know, people who say gear is not important. I, I don't agree with this. I need gear to create my photograph, right? So, so it was definitely very... it was definitely what you wanted rather than what you think people would want uh, to build the magazine around, right? It was definitely what I wanted. What I pre- what I what I wanted frames to be. There's there is no place for gear. We have one page. So you you look through the magazine, you watch the photos and the stories, you know, next uh-huh. to them, and there is a last page in the magazine which is called context. And on this page, you can have a look. Michael Kenna, page nine, plastic Holga camera. Ah, okay. Page eleven, Hasselblad medium format cameras with various lenses. That's so if, all. If in- someone is interested in 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 this, uh, they can find out what was used to produce they can see what was used to, to be used but it's it's never it's never next to the photograph oh yeah it's yeah. somewhere in the end because it would it's, disturb the experience ab- to enjoy the photograph right? absolutely yeah we focus on on the image each image gets its dedicated page as you saw right we focus on the image and on the on the emotions on the stories behind those those images Okay. Gear gear is really really secondary, right? That, that's the idea. When we when we talk about style of the magazine and uh, how you said it's uh, important, do you think it's uh, more important to keep the one style for the magazine rather than for uh, photography monograph? Because what I actually like about photography monographs, they all look different, and even from different photographers they produce two books which look uh you know which don't look same and uh that's actually something that i like uh, about the project because sometimes the project uh can be about something and then produce like a small book or a zine and then it can be like a a proper monograph or something but when you look uh, at the magazines the, the the format is same Is it because you want it to be recognizable for people to say, okay, this is Frames magazine, this is what I can expect? Yeah, definitely. So it circles back to the, you know, this first phase, which I talked about, about the concept. Of course, I came up with a clear concept, you know, and even a very specific layout concept, right? Each magazine is constructed and, you know, uh, uh, laid out in the, in the same way, with the same amount of pages, you know, people know what to expect, but at the same time, people can get surprised because okay. we present in each edition, we, we, we print, you know, uh, six photographers plus two interviews of different genres, different styles, different, uh, uh, you know, formats of their cameras. Uh, the common denominator is great, great photography, you know, great vision, but, uh, of course, it's something else than a monograph. This is clear. We present six six artists in each edition, right? Uh, the idea behind it, like really underlying idea, was for somebody who who wants to in, simply enjoy photography, you know, or like maybe support his own photography through uh-huh. looking at other people's work. I believe that we, when you look at really different kinds of work, okay, you know, you can be a landscape photographer, but if you look at great macro work or at great portraiture on a regular basis, your landscape photography will really improve. This, I, I truly believe, because you get 
you can get little bits from everyone who is you know passionate about something else okay and then and then what's the word uh inject them into your own yeah, yeah. In, and into your own. this is the, your and this is the idea behind the magazine this and do is you the, think uh let's talk about the the photographers do you think personal style is something uh important something someone uh should uh probably chase because what I'm thinking when I look at, uh, especially nowadays in the digital age of the Instagram, when you have the Instagram page and then all the photographs have the uh, same uh, kind of style, you, usually people prefer that. But then I was thinking about if this is not something that limit limits you uh, in a sense that you then, for example, you are a wonderful, uh, let's say, landscape photographer, and then you see... Uh, something uh, like on the street or a portrait or or you do a black and white and then you see a nice colors does it limit you or do you think you should be able to keep the style within the project you are working on if you know what i mean yeah it's a bit uh, we touched on this a bit before right yeah. so again i think it's there's no one definite answer i think it's very personal because Like I told you, I went through phases where I was telling to myself, you cannot, you cannot make a, make a color photograph because you are a black and white photographer. <laughs> But then you are missing of, out, right? So, I, you know, if I would not have been struggling, it would be everything fine. But if you have to push yourself, it means exactly that you limit yourself. Yeah. Right? Why then limit? If you want this color photograph, it and you, you are convinced this scene should be photographed in color, then do it. But this is personal because other person will not have this feeling, right? So the, I think there is no definite answer. Um, definitely sticking for a while for one project. That's why I, I really love, love more and more, of course, the idea of working in projects. Don't define your whole life. Okay. You know, because then the photograph on your, on your coffin will be also black and white, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't define your whole life. Define projects. And Maybe. Think, sorry about yeah. that. Do you think because like uh, a lot of like in the history, I think um, a lot of magazines were maybe more inclined. Uh, I don't know, such as Life or other magazines to publish to publish um, photography stories and you know documentary photography. But nowadays it seems that a lot of magazines go to where people are, you know, buying stuff and going more uh, towards uh, the, let's say, you know, celebrity photography and, you know, other other things. And I feel like uh, the documentary photography is kind of not forgotten, but it, it you know, goes more towards uh, where the money are, you know, like what, what magazines uh, can, you know, publish and sell. Yeah. Certainly, certainly applies to, to, to many publications and uh, we know it. What sells, sells and uh, people have to make their livings and whatever it means, you know. Yeah. But, um, but I still believe there is place, you know, um, for, for those niche, you know, for, for projects and, and, and genres that are maybe not so popular today. But remember that everything in history also goes in waves, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, to times of Henri Cartier-Bresson, he was really, you know, the, the 
pushing forward the ideas of street photography and so on and so forth. Yeah. Next two decades, the street photography was not so popular. I mean, he was one of the most, uh, you know, active maybe in this regard. But like the next two decades were were not so great. There was actually more documentary photography. I mean, meaning meaning like really, you know, wars and political political documentary photography. And then street photography resurfaced again. Yeah. For what reason? For what reasons? I'm not completely sure, right? Maybe so a lot of people got their hands on cameras because they, you know, you know, got cheaper. Right. Also, of course, yeah. So, so when, when it became more accessible, more people started to explore, you know, all the genres. Absolutely, yeah. So you know, there is always so many factors, and we can't predict everything. And yeah. I, I think, you, I think everybody, you should just. Uh, you know, focus and concentrate on on what's fulfilling yourself in this very moment or phase, you know, and do it and show it because this will be your best work anyway. And for you, it's, it's the magazine now. For me, my heart now beats strong for the magazine. Uh, to be honest, like for the last, you, you can imagine the amount of work on the magazine. Uh, I still photograph. But I was struggling with time for yeah. for fulfill, fulfilling my photographic passion. I'm trying now to find the balance and actually again grab the camera myself more often again, you know. And it's difficult, you know. It's a <laughs> so uh, let's say the- what what are your uh, future plans? Like, if we sit here in five years, ten years with the magazine, uh, is it? Do you also have plans for the publishing in the future to get maybe into photography monographs or something like that? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. We it was already even discussed on the on the you know on the community in the community of frames. So I I am thinking about. uh, I can talk everything about this concept it's not because it's not even defined yet completely oh, yeah, yeah. It's, again, it's again in this phase when i when i am you know making my notes analyzing what would be the best approach but definitely i'm thinking about a series of frames you know photography books possibly monograph monographs actually it was the initial idea you know but uh, it's not yet completely defined but uh, again along the same same line that the photography you know excellent photography belongs on paper so <laughs> definitely we are thinking about it having said that uh we had really like i mentioned before just about to release the app the frames photography app so okay a, so Looking a digital thing it. yeah it should be it should be in the stores if everything goes by the end of may it should be in the app stores so and i think it would be unique this will be also something special uh, what is I, it if about? i can ju- so th- let me just th- just a one, sneak peek one, like a sneak peek is uh, it's a comparison sentence we have i think around uh, I don't know the numbers exactly, but 12 million or something like that photos on Instagram every day. Okay. Uh, on frames, on the frames app, there will be two. Okay. The, two there will be two every photographs day. every day okay. for you to enjoy, to uh, go deep on, okay. to read the story, okay. to read the story be- behind it from the photographer, and to possibly connect with the photographer himself okay. in the chat room comments you know so completely different experience less is more i I think people who are into photography and we this happened through an enormous support and i would like to thank if anybody from frames community is watching did this this broadcast it happened to the enormous uh, thanks to the enormous support 
of a crowdfunding uh, campaign where you know the members of the frames community really helped out that's why this this app is coming to life so okay. this is amazing so looking forward to it yeah thanks so much it's very very exciting yeah uh, and in five five ten years yeah i have some ideas you know okay um, step by step <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you want to share the most wild ones oh the most wild ones uh well I would love to have uh, frames to have, you know, at least one physical location in the future. Okay. A Do photo gallery. Do you monthly, uh, you know, publication? I don't think so. Okay. I, you know, this amount of, con you know, remember we have monthly digital. So yeah, every yeah, subscriber yeah. gets the monthly digital companion. companion. I like the fact that, you know, every three months you get this book. And this is, again, the idea. And maybe some, some, maybe I'm possibly losing some, some, some potential subscribers, but it's not the point. I want people to, those kind of people to gather around frames who enjoy getting the book every three months, having it on the shelf, on the coffee table, wherever they keep it and get back okay. to those, you know, to those 80 photographs several times and go deeper on them than Again, oh, every month. Okay, cool. I have to go. Oh, now it's next magazine. Yeah. Less is less is more. This is maybe I should change the motto, right? Less is more. <laughs> enjoy I think the photography. This one is used uh, by a lot of, you know, other people. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to also ask you. You are also um, you are the frames editor in chief, but also the Fujilove magazine. Can you tell me maybe something more about? that project is it is it yours from the scratch or is it what is it about this is yeah it was also it is my project it was also from scratch i created it it was or this fujilaf uh, has been out there for i would say seven years i think altogether uh, at some point you know on my photographic journey i i discovered fujifilm cameras and still using them till this date you know and, and enjoying them and creating all my, all my personal work with fujifilm cameras I got so impressed by what what they were doing with 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 their cameras, right? That I created a community again. This was back then, seven years or eight years ago. I created you know Facebook group and uh, and a website and a blog and so on and so forth. You know standard typical steps. But at some point, actually, it was somebody from the community itself who suggest who who you know put a comment somewhere on on Facebook. Uh, would be cool to have a magazine for Fujifilm users. And I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the rest is history. Yeah, we have a thriving big community of, of, you know, members, subscribers to the magazine. But this is really a completely separate project. Um, it's Fujifilm oriented. It's, you know, it's also about great photography, of course, but okay. there is much, much more also about the cameras, about, you know, the ways people use Fujifilm cameras, about the lenses. And uh, um, in a way, it's a mix of, Art, art and, 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 and technology okay. in there, Fujifilm specific. Yeah, so, but this is a completely separate uh, uh, entity, so to speak. So do you even have time for that? You know, to, yeah, well, to... I, I still have the time. If I wouldn't have time, I would have to, you know, <laughs> close one of those things or, or, but yeah, you know, that, that's, that's my, that's my job. That's my work. That's my life. Um, 
And I, I have an understanding wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so as someone yeah. who is who is in this uh, photography business, I could say, can you tell me from your uh, point of view, what does it take to be a successful photographer in terms of because we see a lot of people on the Instagram taking uh, amazing photographs, right? Uh, but not a lot of them hanging in the galleries or making a living with uh, with photography. So maybe maybe you could um, you know think about it in terms of percentage. Uh, is it like fifty percent being good in marketing and fifty percent being a good photograph, or is it like uh, you know when I'm when I'm heading what what it takes to uh. be uh, successful photographer yeah I, i i know i know what you're trying to to ask of course um again Because the answer people like uh let's say peter mckinnon who is doing uh it's not it's not like specifically photography like landscape photography he's doing like content around photography right and then we have uh people like uh steve mccurry right he's doing like specifically photography both like successful people mm -hmm. some would say you know it's not comparable but both are making a living uh, with uh, you know photography so I'm wondering um, maybe someone is thinking about what should I do I, I would like to you know earn money and uh, being a photographer what you think yeah about it? so as you can already sense from our conversation before I'm a firm believer in in uh, in uh, following your passion yeah okay so peter mckinnon i'm pretty sure i don't know him personally or anything but i'm pretty sure i mean he has been doing now for what i don't know also 10 or 15 years or yeah. i don't know how, his youtube channel you know growing it like crazy he seems to be enjoying it right he could not be doing it really for 15 years on this kind of level of energy and and you know and and um, engagement and you know passion if it would not be this passion The okay. same applies. The same applies to Steve McCurry. So, of course, they are not comparable, or maybe they are comparable in one thing that Steve McCurry has passion for this. Uh, Peter McKinnon has passion for this. Michael Kenna has passion for this. He has been photographing black and white square images, square format images, black and white for 40 years. <laughs> right? <laughs> Without passion, difficult, I think. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or you know, you'll be verging on on burnouts every few months, right? So to give it, yeah, people ask me, of course, sometimes, you know, what should I do? You know, where's the way to make, I would like to make also the living and so on. You can find, if you are a good observer of the market, of the of people's psychology, what people need, or the photography scene, you will pinpoint those, those trends mm -hmm. where, where possibly doing this or that or that would help you with making your living. The question is for how long? If you don't like what you do, right? if you hate what you do or you don't find it fun anymore, you will either burn out or you will stop doing it. Yeah, hopefully the, the, the you know, the latter is the better solution in the end. Uh, there's no answer for this. I think it is. Uh, so I, I, I watched a video with Elliot Ervid and they asked him what he would recommend uh, for 
photographers who would like to make a living with uh, photography. And he said that nowadays when, uh, you know, everyone wants to be photographer, not not everyone, but he said something like that, that you should rather start with photography as a passion and as it evolves and as you do it for quite some time, you then maybe transform it into something that you can make a living. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You remember what I said before? Uh, do your thing. Do the thing you're passionate about. Do it for a while and people will come to you. Yeah. <laughs> because only then you will start creating your best work. And people will not only see your best work, but people will also feel your energy. And this is a contagious combination. Then you have the best chances of making this living and doing the thing you love. What's 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 better, right? So, yeah, because a lot of people, for example, say like, I'm gonna do okay. I want to be a photographer, so I'm gonna get into this uh, wedding photography industry. But then you know it takes up all your weekends, and if you if you love wedding photography. I can see this being a good road because it's, it's uh, you know, it's paid pretty okay, I guess. Uh, depends where you live. Right. But uh, you can earn uh, good money with this. But eventually, if, if you don't like going to weddings, and then, you know, you might be kind of like... Uh, and, and, and also, you know, like I said, it can be phases. You know, I did some wedding photography for, I don't know, for... Years, I think not not extremely much but I did I think I had two years when I did like 25 weddings a year or something like this okay. I, I did I did it for three years pretty intensively and did you like it yes then I enjoyed it but the moment and okay you can of course say you have to be in a in a comfortable situation to drop something to say no thank you I don't want I don't do it anymore right so okay. you, of course of course at some point I just felt I don't enjoy it anymore so much. Mm. That's when I stopped. But I understand if it's your one income, you know, you have to have to always two legs, have yeah, two yeah. options. Try to have two options of also of making your income, you know. Try having wedding photography business, but also maybe do, I don't know, landscape workshops, or, you know, whatever interests you. But try having two things. Not only will keep you in balance, so you can do, you know, for half a year this, half a year this, you know, where is wedding, wedding season, you do the weddings. When it's winter, you do winter landscape <laughs> photography, whatever. But you will be healthier, happier, in balance, and you will always have income. So do what you love <laughs> and your audience will follow, right? Absolutely. Thank you once again for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to it. Please give this podcast a five-star rating, review, and please take a screenshot and throw it out on your Instagram stories so other people might find it as well. Come back next week because I will be talking to Ulysses Aoki about his photography. I'm very happy you are tuning in for another episode of podcast about photography. Until next time.